Amen. Hallelujah to God for every hand that was raised. That's, that's a redeemed saying so. That's right. That's right. You that didn't raise your hand, um, I pray for you and my heart breaks for you today. I just want you to know that. You've got a God that loves you so much He gave His only Son to die that you might have life. Please don't turn that away. Please don't reject the plan of salvation. Somebody with something on your heart before we go any further. Anything at all. We're in no hurry. Appreciate. Yeah. Sister Lindsay, appreciate that. These children are like sponges. They soak it all in. Sometimes you don't think they're listening, but they are. Sometimes I've had kids that could tell me what I preached about more than most adults. Sure can. Somebody else, something on your heart. I do desire your prayers. Uh, I know we've got a busy day, so I'll try not to be long. I want to ask you to turn to uh, Isaiah chapter number 35. Isaiah chapter 35. I do desire a great interest in your prayers. I had a um, pretty good feeling about about this up until uh, this morning. Now it's sort of uh, sort of not as good as it was, but I pray that God would, God's here today, I feel His presence, pray that He'll stay with us and just give me the unction, the anointing of God. Uh, a preacher can, can study until um, he falls asleep every day and every night, but unless it's accompanied by the Spirit, it'll do no good. And so we need the Spirit to anoint the preaching and we need the testimony to water it and to anoint it and, and uh, to anoint the testimonies and we need the power of God. That's one thing our churches are lacking today is, is the power of God in its fullness and uh, I've seen it around this place. Uh, no reason why we can't have that again. And so I'll, I'll try to be brief because we've got a busy day uh, but, but I want to try to preach what the Lord laid upon my heart. And Isaiah chapter number 35, it says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. 
Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with the recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lake shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sigh shall flee away. Um, turn to chapter 43, and just a few verses there, in chapter 43. And verse 1 of chapter 43 it says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Skip down to verse 14. Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your king. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. And I'm going to stop there. <clears throat> I begin to think this week about just about the way. And uh, we that are old time Baptists, we, we believe that there is but one way to the Lord. And that is through Jesus Christ. And, uh, and it's, it's the only way into the Father. We've been talking a few Wednesday nights where Jesus said, No man cometh into the Father but by me. But I thought about this highway. I thought about, um, interestingly enough, I thought about years ago, uh, a band named ACDC came out with a song called Highway to Hell. And the sad thing is that there are multitudes today that are on a highway to hell. 
And, uh, and they're going headlong just as fast as they can travel on that highway that leads to damnation and destruction. Jesus put the highway to hell like this. He said it's a broad way and it's a wide as the gate and broad as the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. But then he said, but straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Uh, but Isaiah talked about this highway and he said a way shall be there and a highway. And I thought this week, my, I'm certainly glad, thank God, hallelujah, there's a highway that leads unto life. And, uh, and I'm on that highway today, taking my vessel down that highway. And it seems that Satan will, you know, when storms come through uh, and it gets cold and, and, and icy on the roads, it puts potholes and it tears up our roads. And, and if Satan would have his way today, he would place potholes and, and uh, chug holes and things that would try to destroy that highway uh, that we are on that leads unto life. Uh, but thanks be to God, that way is a way of holiness. Uh, but sometimes, as I read in Isaiah 43, uh, sometimes we look for a way to go around the fire and sometimes we look for a way to go around the water. Uh, but Isaiah said it like this. He said you will sometimes, as I read, have to go through the waters and you'll have to go through the fire. Uh, the the uh, reality is for a born-again believer, when you get born again, it doesn't take away all the problems of life. As a matter of fact, in some ways, it adds a great deal more uh, problems in life because you've now got to contend with Satan and the messenger of Satan, as I preached last Sunday, uh, will uh, we'll put a thorn in your flesh and the messenger of Satan will buffet you all along that highway that leads unto life. Uh, but I thought about how that when Israel came out of Egypt land, uh, God designed not to take them through the land of the Philistines. Uh, because He said if I take them that shorter way into Canaan, they're going to see war. And when they see war, their hearts are going to be fearful. And they're going to return back to Egypt. But He told Moses, I want you to take them unto the way of the Red Sea. And He said, I'm going to get honor upon Pharaoh for all that He's done to you. I just read there in the 35th chapter that God will recompense, that God will come with a vengeance. And so those that, those that trouble the way, the Bible says better it were that a millstone were hanged about a man's neck and him be cast into the sea than that he should make one of these little ones to offend. Can I stop right there and say, I love your children. Your little boys and your little girls have become so precious to me. And, uh, and I would sooner have a millstone hanged about my neck as to cause one of those little ones to perish and to err. 
but, but God said, Moses, I want you to take them to the Red Sea. And that's a familiar story. You've all seen it on the movie, The Ten Commandments. You know what happened. But, but there they were. They found themselves camped at the Red Sea. Nothing before them but the Red Sea. And nothing about them but the mountains and the wilderness of Egypt. And then here comes Pharaoh and his army. The Bible says that Pharaoh said, what have we done by letting the Hebrews go? And uh, he said, let's go after them. Uh, God had hardened his heart. And he said, let's go after them. He said, they don't even know where they're going. He had watched them, no doubt, circle in the wilderness and thought they're not going through the Philistines. They're caught in the wilderness. Sometimes life will catch you in the wilderness. But I'm glad, thank God, even in the wilderness of your life, whatever it is that you're going through today, whether it be sickness or sadness, whether it be a broken heart, whether it be financial strain, whatever worry that might be troubling you today, friend, I want to tell you that there is a highway for you to travel on. And sometimes, as I said, you're going to have to go through the water and you're going to have to go through the fire. But thank God the Bible says that I will be with thee, that the water shall not overflow you and the fire shall not touch you. I'm glad that we serve a God that not only brings us to the troubles of life, but He'll take us through. Uh, we just got to find the highway. I promise you, uh, you might think, preacher, there's no way out. Uh, let me tell you something, dear friend. Uh, I've seen it firsthand in my life. Uh, uh, where there is no way, uh, God can make a way. He made a way, and it's a highway, and it's a way in the wilderness. And so Israel had encamped there. Uh, Pharaoh had 600 chariots, I believe the Bible said. And he had them all pursuing after Israel. And he overtook them at the Red Sea. And there was nowhere for Israel to go. And they had a sea before them and they had an army behind them. And they began to cry out unto Moses uh, and say it would have been better if we had died in Egypt uh, than for you to bring us this far and then us perish in the wilderness. Uh, sometimes we come to a place in life where our faith collides with our fear. Uh, they had saw what God had done to Pharaoh. They had saw the plagues in Egypt. And yet here they were. You see, when you're traveling on the highway and you come to the water and you come to the fire, uh, Satan would take your eyes off of the highway and onto the fire and onto the water and onto the troubles and onto the storms and onto the potholes and onto the things of life that would drag you down. Uh, what Paul said when the messenger of Satan buffets me, uh, that means to beat over the head, to beat you down. Satan knows that he can't take your soul if you've been saved, but what he can do is steal the victory. Uh, as a, a Kentucky fan, I've watched their football team snatch defeat from the jaws of victory more than I care to count. That's what Satan would do to you. 
about the time that a place or a person is going to have victory. Lots of times he sends the hardest battles of life. I got news for you. We've got revival in two or three weeks. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the victory to come this time. I'm looking for the victory. And, and I know that there is a way that we can have the victory. But this highway, as I told you, is a way of holiness unto the Lord. If you want to have the victory, you have got to remain on the highway. You've got to stay vigilant and you've got to stay focused because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. When he talks, when Satan talked to God about Job, and God said, Where have you been, Satan? And Job said, I've been going up and down the earth and walking to and fro in it. I would say thousands of years have passed since that time. But don't you know that old serpent is still walking to and fro in this earth, walking up and down in it, and seeking whom he may devour. And he was going to devour Israel at the crossing of the Red Sea. And God said unto Moses, Moses, what are you doing crying out for me? He said, go forward. There was nothing before them but the sea. How in the world could they go forward? Uh, but the Bible said, God told Moses, stretch forth thy rod over the sea. And he said, I'll cause an east wind to blow. The Bible said the angel of the Lord was the cloud of fire and the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke that always traveled before Israel and now came and stood behind them. In other words, the angel of the Lord, which was Jesus Christ, He stood between Israel and Pharaoh. Uh, thank God today uh, we've got an advocate with the Father who will stand between us and the devil on this highway of holiness. Uh, thank God uh, there were certain times the Philistines and the Amorites uh, would come up behind Israel and the way they would pick off a few, uh, the ones that were falling behind, uh, the ones that were maybe older or hurt for whatever reason they couldn't keep up and they would pick off the ones at the very back. Uh, Satan's not changed in all these years. He's still looking for those who are straggling behind. I would say to you today that spiritually uh, you need to be walking on the highway of the Lord. It won't do you a bit of good to sit down. It won't do you a bit of good to stand there. But he told Moses, just go forward into the sea. I don't know about you, but when that east wind came, the Bible said God put a difference between the Egyptians and the Philistines and the fire that was lighting the way all night for Israel as they crossed the Red Sea. That fire was a darkness unto Pharaoh and to his army and one could not come near the other all night. And I don't know about you, uh, but you take water in a sea that's been there uh, for a long, long time, and the bottom of that thing would be so muddy that she would mar up. And it doesn't really say, but it does say they went across on dry land. I don't believe they sunk one foot. 
I don't believe they had to worry about the mar and the mud and the slime that was at the bottom of the sea, but I believe they went across the Red Sea on dry land. And when Egypt tried to do the same, the Bible said God made the waters to come down on Pharaoh and his army. In other words, God made a way for His people in the wilderness. He made a way again at the Jordan River. And that time Joshua led them across and times got away. So I'm not going to get into that story. But I want you to understand, there is a way that leadeth unto life. There is a highway. Now that highway that reaches unto heaven, and my friend, if you're on that way, that highway will take you through the cross at Calvary. Now that highway that leads to holiness, it must needs run right through Jerusalem and right outside of Jerusalem uh, where the man Jesus Christ uh, was given up and He gave up the ghost. And He died so that you can be free. He died so that you can be saved. That's the highway that leads into righteousness and into holiness. And so if you go to hell today, if you were to die lost without God, you would be on that road that goes around the cross. Now my friend, if you're on the road, you'll not reach hell by going through the cross. You'll have to go around it. And my friend, if you go through the cross, it's just I've heard somebody say, now just look and live. And I would invite you today that might be lost uh, just to look to that broken frame and that crucified one and nailed to the cross. And He did every bit of that, every lash that He took, uh, every time that they spit upon Him, they plucked out His beard, they plucked out His hair, uh, they blindfolded Him, uh, they made fun of Him, uh, they buffeted Him, uh, they crucified Him, uh, they took a uh, they took a crown of thorns and rammed on His head. And my friend, that hurt. That hurt. The wrath of God was poured out upon His darling Son. One look to that crucified Savior today. Just one look of faith. And my friend, that is the beginning of the highway that leads unto holiness and to righteousness. A man cannot be holy and righteous apart from the holiness and righteousness that is imputed to us when we are born again. What happens is God takes our sin and He places it upon His Son. And He takes the holiness of His Son and places it upon us so that our guilt is transferred to Him. I want you to understand, He had never done a thing wrong in His life, but there was a period of time on the cross when that man who knew no sin became sin. He was made a curse for us because cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. There was a time in eternity past where He said, Father, I'll go. I'll take their sin debt. I'll take their guilt. I'll take their shame. I'll be a highway unto heaven for them. Thank God for that highway. That leads home. It's a rough way sometimes. It's a way in the wilderness. It's a highway that at some places are so narrow and so straight 
I don't know about you, and I've got a lot of doubts about these people who claim to be saved and are living a life of sin. I'll guarantee you one or two things that's going on with them. That God is chastising them in a way that no man knows but them themselves, or they were lost and are still lost today. My friend, the God that I serve, He not only puts you on the highway, He'll keep you on that highway. He won't let you take off. That's what the Bible said in Isaiah. He said, there is a way for the wayfaring man, even though he be a fool, shall not err therein. That's all that I am. As just a wayfaring stranger, as just trying to make it through this pilgrim land, just a wayfaring stranger. But when that road gets so narrow and so so small how that you can't seem to press through, and my friend, just look about you. There is a highway. And that highway is Jesus Christ. He is the highway. That's what He said in John 14. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man cometh unto Father but by Me. He's the highway. He's the gate. He's the door of hope. If you're lost without God, I will point you to that man on the tree. If you don't want to die lost and end up in hell fire and damnation, you better get off of the highway to hell and you better seek that road that leads to life. The Bible said there's just a few that find it. You look at the population of this world, seven or eight billion people, and He said there's just a few. I'm glad I'm on that highway. I'm glad I'm one of the few. There was nothing special about me. I was just a wayfaring stranger one night, just as a young boy. I, I, I grew up in it, I guess. I, I, I knew that I, I knew that I needed to be saved, I guess. And, but there was one night that was brought home to me, and God touched my heart, let me know I was a sinner lost without God. I thank God for that night. You can't never be saved until you're first lost. And I got lost one night, and I got saved one night. I found the highway that leadeth home. I've been through the fire. I've been through the water. That highway, it's a rough way to travel, but it's an old path, and it's a good way. It's the old way. Uh, there's a new gospel, Paul said. If any man preaches you another gospel, let him be accursed. Uh, don't you know they're preaching other doctrines today? Other gospels today? Other ways today? Every way that they preach is another highway to hell. There's but one way and one highway that leads to heaven. And His name is Jesus. And He died for one purpose. And he said, Father, send me. I'll go. I'll bear all their sins. Put it upon my shoulders. And don't you know there was a point there at the cross where all the guilt of every man, woman, boy, and girl was laid upon the Son of God. I can't imagine how that must... It had to be crushing. I believe he dreaded that worse than the pain. I believe he welcomed the physical pain when they drove those spikes in his hands and through his feet. I know that hurt. I know that every time 
He had to raise Himself up. And while He was hanging there between heaven and earth, it put a strain upon Him, upon His lungs. He couldn't breathe. His blood was becoming sluggish and sick. And that's what a crucifixion does. And that sick blood was trying to be pumped through that heart. And He was hurting. His bones, according to the psalmist, was all out of joint. He was thirsty. He thirsted. But there He hanged. And the physical pain was worse than anything I could ever imagine. But when the guilt and the shame fell upon Him, that was worse than anything any man has ever endured. I buckled under the weight of my sin. This man had every sin that had ever been committed laid upon him. Every sin from every chosen man, woman, boy, and girl. Every sin that that uh, that man had ever done, it was going to fall upon him, and it did. No wonder the sun stopped shining. No wonder it turned black as night in the middle of noonday. My friend, he was making the road. He was on that road. That's where it begins. It goes. It begins at the cross. He said, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. He started my faith one night at an altar. That's where faith began for me. And my faith will end when I reach the end of that highway. And my friend Jacob of old, and I'm done, Jacob of old saw a ladder in a vision. He said it was a ladder that reached from the earth unto the heavens. And he said, I see angels ascending and descending on that ladder. What does that ladder mean? That ladder is Jesus Christ. That ladder stretches from heaven to earth. It's the only ladder that's able to take a man from here to there. That ladder is Christ Jesus. That ladder bled and died for you. That ladder is the way I'm going to heaven. That ladder one day when I reach the end of my road, I'll begin to climb that ladder. I'll begin to climb it rung by rung. And don't make no mistake about it, friend. You're going to go the way of the grave. You're one day going to climb a ladder. You're either going to ascend into heaven or you're going to descend into hell. Either way, there's a ladder that waits you at the end of your life. Are you on the highway to hell? I would beg you to get on the highway of holiness today. The highway. He said, away's there. He said, there's the place where the deaf hear. There is the place where the blind see. There is the place where the lame walk. There is the place where the poor gather together. There is the place where if you've hungered and thirsted after righteousness, you shall be filled. There is a place that if you've wept and mourned down here, there is a place where all of that will be over with. And it's at the end of the road. It's at the end of that highway. And when you reach the portals of glory, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that rough old path through the wilderness Sometimes that's all it is. It's an old path. 
It's been trodden down. It's been growing up. Weeds have begun to cover the old path because quite honestly, we've not lived it and we've not preached it. I don't know about you. I don't want to give up the comforts of modern life, but I would love to go back to a time when the church was a place where sinners would be saved every week. And the power and the fire of God would fall. I'd love to go back to a time like that. My friend, there's a way that leads to that kind of revival. And it is the way of holiness. It is the way of holiness. And if you're walking on that road, if you've been saved by grace, you know what God expects of you? Holiness. He does. Preacher, I can't never live up to that. I can't neither. But I'm telling you, to try your dead level best, place your trust in Him. Preacher, I can't see no way out of what I'm in. There is a road out of your trouble. There is a way. There's a highway. And that highway is Jesus. That highway is Christ. That's all I've got for you. It's maybe a strange message the way it come to me. But He is the highway. And there is a place. And there is a land where that highway will come to an end. But it won't be a dead end, but it leads us unto life. It won't dead end and make you turn around, but it'll lead to one of those twelve gates of pearl. That highway when it ends, the highway will end and the streets of gold will begin. Thank God, hallelujah. The highway, the old path, will just sort of stop and then you'll walk Sort of like the Wizard of Oz, I guess, on the yellow brick road. I've never seen a pure gold as it's pure as transparent glass. But my friend, in that city, you'll lay your eyes upon things that you've never seen on this earth. For it's a place not made with hands. I love our engineers and our architects. They build roads. They're building roads all the time. And it takes smart engineers, smart architects, to figure out how to level down a hill, how to cut out a hill, how to cut down the trees, how to make a road in the wilderness. It, I, I thought I was done. I, I can remember reading something that Brother Ricky sent uh, to me about the Spotsylvania Church that made that trek uh, from Spotsylvania, West Virginia, I believe it was, into down through Tennessee, across the mountains, up into Kentucky, and that road was littered with Indians looking to kill them and take their life. You know what they did? And they didn't say, this road's too hard. Let's turn around and let's go back. My friend, they did what Moses did. They went forward. They found a highway in the wilderness. And because they did that hundreds of years ago, this church is here today. Not only this one, but a multitude of them. From that one little band of men and women taking their boys and girls from Virginia down through Tennessee finally settled up in middle Kentucky and somewhere close to Lexington, Kentucky. And my friends, churches begin to sprout up because they stay on that highway. I'm telling you, stay on the road. There's no place to get off. There's no exit. You're driving down the interstate. 
Lots of times you'll see exit signs for food or shopping. Well, that looks like fun, you say, and off of that road you go. Satan will put things like that on that way, on that road, trying to get you to detour, trying to get you to take off. Other people have stumbled along the way. There might be wrecks up in front of you. I'll say just slow and steady. We'll win the race. You walk the race. You run the race. Whatever God's got for you to do, do it. But stay on that road that leads unto life. And it'll end and the street of gold will begin and all will be joy in that fair home. Come ahead with a song. That's what I've got for you today.